Hi, local. I'm Shayna. Um, I'm going to share my story, and I just hope it encourages you guys. We've all been in a waiting room, sitting in those uncomfortable chairs, staring at the clock, waiting to hear the news of what's to come. We pace, we fret, we grow frustrated. Exasperated, we think, I've been waiting forever. They should have responded to me by now. What the heck is going on? Why is this taking so long? Within our society, within our society and sadly more times than not, within the church, singleness is approached the same way as a space of waiting rather than a space of opportunity. In church, we pray for couples, for families, for the elderly. I hear people talk about marriage, divorce, grief, and blended families. I often sit and think, what is the significance of my single season if all the instruction around it from society and the church is connected to marriage? Then come the well-intended questions and comments aimed at my singleness. Are you seeing anyone? What are you waiting for? You aren't getting any younger, and my favorite, he will show up when you stop looking for him. <laughs> At times, I find myself praying a prayer that sounds like this. God, please bring me my husband. I'm so ready to be married. What are you waiting for? There is a bitterness that creeps into my single season when I'm constantly focused on marriage. Within me grows a sense of, if I'm not married yet, I must be missing out. This causes me to trudge through my single season, waiting for marriage like it's the next level of a video game. For years, I viewed my single season as a punishment from God, that he was punishing me for not being good enough, for making mistakes, and even at times because I was downright unlovable. If I'm honest, I still struggle with these traps today. However, over time, I've come to learn that these thoughts and feelings are not of God. The enemy wants me to stop praying. He whispers, God isn't listening to you anyway. To stop showing up for worship, he tells me, girl, why are you torturing yourself looking at those married couples Sunday after Sunday? The devil can easily have me see my single season as a burden versus a blessing. Choosing who God wants me to be in my single season starts by identifying the enemy's trap so I can avoid them. I am often pointed to 1 Corinthians 7, verses 32 through 35, to soothe my pain when I struggle with my singleness. This is where Paul details how it's better to be single, as our concerns are about the Lord's affairs and how to please him. There is nothing competing for our time. God is calling us to change our perspective on singleness as individuals and as a church. If we let him, God can use our single season to shape us and make us into the people he created us to be. God wants us to surrender the season of life to him so we can deepen our relationship with him and he has a perfect purpose and plan for us. I believe the church can be a catalyst to teach singles how to live out their single season for Christ. It should be a place where there's intentional discipleship and ministering around this season. At 36, I think about all the opportunities I've had in this season to depend on God and deepen my relationship with him. Opportunities that had I been married, I likely would not have been able to do. I've traveled to Thailand for six weeks, served in my community and church without hesitation. I've changed jobs, moved cities, and changed plans without having to consider anyone but myself. I know the longer God keeps me in my single season, the more opportunities I will have to depend on him. The more opportunities I will have for my faith to grow the more opportunities I will have to solidify myself in his word and decide to truly surrender my desires to him. Am I perfect at doing this? Of course not. 
There have been times where I try to take over, to do things my way instead of God's way, but it never turns out well. I end up facing painful consequences God was trying to keep me from. But our God is a forgiving God who welcomes me back into the fold with loving open arms. In closing, let me share a scenario with you. You're a parent heading to the playground with your five-year-old on a beautiful day. You have an hour to kill and your child is super excited about playing on the swings. He is telling you how high he's gonna go and how the air is gonna fill in his face. He is excited as you arrive at the playground only to discover that the swings are roped off and are not available for use. At this point, your child starts pouting, wishing that the swings were ready for him to play with. As a loving parent, you will comfort him and let your child know that though the swings are not ready, there are other ways he can enjoy his time at the playground. He can choose a slide, play on the seesaw, climb the monkey bars, or take a spin on the merry-go-round. You assure him that he can find other ways to enjoy his time even though the thing he desires isn't available. Our single season is no different. And just like a parent, our Heavenly Father is pointing us to other things we can enjoy in this season of life. God is calling us to the Excuse me. God is calling us to see the benefits of this season with no conflicts, with freedom, and uninterrupted time with him. And maybe, just maybe, while we're out there enjoying the other items on our single playground, time is passing, and one day we look up and our swing is ready for us. However, if the swing is never ready, we will have discovered so many other things and other ways to find joy in this season of life. Thank you.